トーム・スティーブこんにちはこの番組すごいですねあなたたち超面白い私が番組出てもいいふん<笑>
I'm trying to think of what the challenge might be. It's not something that you can just don't lose your dignity. <laughs> uh, no, it's the the Challenge name of the game chicken. is to tap a button and produce chickens. And every time you tap the button, you produce a chicken, and the chicken has to go into some sort of habitat. So you have to build a habitat, you have to upgrade the habitat, and the chicken will lay eggs. And uh, every egg earns you money. And you have to build a place to ship the eggs, and you have to upgrade that um, with trucks. And there are this is the challenging part. There are drones that fly overhead. You have to tap on the drones and crash. This them. sounds. I'm sorry. I don't know how to say this without sounding terrible, but this sounds mind-numbingly horrible. I'm. So, it sounds okay. so bad. All right, you ready? I'm about to. I'm about to crank it up. I'm about okay. to tell you what this. It's going to go from zero to one. <laughs> Let me tell you why this is a fascinating game. So okay. do you remember in the old uh, SimCity games, every once in a while, there'd be a news, uh, newspaper headline that would tell you something that was kind of silly, but it was important to the game some way, shape, or form. Sure. Some, something had been discovered or whatever. That's what this game does, and they discover things. So you start off laying normal edible eggs. So then they discover that they can use eggs to, it's like a superfood. So the human body, they, they cure, it's not cure famine. They, they, what's the, anyway, they make it so the human body only has to eat one egg a day and that's all they need for sustenance. <laughs> Therefore, <Well>. oh, <laughs> that's, that's my app. It's just telling me that my, I burned some eggs already. So, uh, I think I've, I feel like I've already spent more time on this than I really needed to. But uh, the, the name of the game is to earn money, to research. The more you research, the more that you can use the eggs for. I won't spoil it, but every time you upgrade, the eggs can be used for different things. Like there's there's an egg that can be used for rocket fuel. There's an egg that can be used uh, okay. for... That sounds a little better. So uh, every... That, that redeems it a little bit in my eyes. And here's where the second part of the challenge is. This this makes it a 0.5 on the challenge scale, maybe, mm. that every time you, you sell your farm. So basically, they encourage you to sell your farm once you have upgraded to a certain point and have enough capital because it's it's at its core, it's a money management uh, app. I have, just, I have thought that this is just an app that somebody created in order to see how people manage things because... It's a it's a slight balancing act to research, to build habitats, to build shipping lanes, to create chickens, to do all the things you have to do in what order you're doing them in order to get the best egg. And then once you sell your farm, you start at ground zero. You have literally zero dollars in the bank. All you have is some property that you can create a chicken, and then you have to keep going from there. Of course, it's exponential. The more you level up, the more a dollar is worth. Like, let me tell you right now. Let me let, let me just tell you how much I have in capital, and this is going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two point four sextillion dollars, <laughs> and I right now am. It creating, might be time to expand. Well, that's the thing is I can't yet. My farm value, the value of my farm is three, uh, 39 and a half sextillion dollars. Hmm. And I am creating quantum eggs. Quantum egg, a quantum egg is an egg, not an egg, and both. It enables teleportation. I am saving up 80 sextillion dollars in order to create immortality eggs. The Ooh. fountain of youth is really just a chicken. So it's, it's money. It's, I, I, it's really hard to explain. It's just a hard, I encourage everybody to go get hooked on it. That's what I've been doing with my time in the last couple of days. How about you? Uh, actually, I 
I was going to talk about this podcast I discovered, and I think you might have heard of it too because it, it's an offshoot of the same people that did that um, the Signal podcast. Yep, it's called Life After. Mm-mm, haven't heard of it, huh? Because because I had the Signal on my iTunes feed, this popped up. Like, oh, I don't. I thought use maybe it. it happened to you. I don't know. I don't use iTunes for podcasts. Uh, maybe that's why. So <clears throat> that's um, it's by the same people and. In a nutshell, it was really good. It's a ten part. Each part's like maybe a half hour, give or take a couple minutes. And it was, uh, it was well done. It was interesting. It was engaging. But basically, the premise was they took two episodes of the Black Mirror and stuck them into one <laughs> narrative. Gotcha. It was kind of funny. Huh. Basically, basically, it's all about this social media app site, whatever you want to call it, called Voice Tree, where instead of like typing messages or doing photographs, you record like diary entries or something like that. And it stays on there and all your followers can listen to what you say. And then it goes from there, like this woman that does it, she dies and her husband works at the FBI and he's just obsessed with it because he just keeps listening to her voice because it comforts him and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But then this shadowy, nebulous entity takes all these voice uh, logs, I guess you would say, and makes that into like an AI and then gives it back to this guy and basically he's talking to his dead wife again. Ooh, okay. And it's like passing the Turing test, all that stuff where it just, it's responding creatively and, you know, asking him questions and joking and laughing. It's like, it's like literally talking to his dead wife. So being passive aggressive and making him do the dishes. Well, that's the thing. And then <laughs> it, it doesn't take, it's, it's got a, a mission. And so it tries to be really nice focus only on the good things and he starts to question her about that well why aren't you talking about this fight we had and blah blah, blah. and i'm not going to get too much into it because it spoils it but it goes from there ah, gotcha and you've listened to the whole thing yeah yeah and it was good i liked it okay it ended you know, moderately predictably i guess it's not like a big twist it was a little bit of a twist i'll get mm-hmm. but it was uh i liked it. it was pretty good so i work i would recommend it if you're interested in ai because the people use there's a after afterlife a little like roundtable discussion about the science and stuff like that behind it. Mm-hmm. And it was led by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, scientific celebrity. So quantum physicist, astrophysicist. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to but, think of a quantum physicist. Heisenberg, <laughs> gonna get paid. Science, yeah, bitch. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, yeah. So they talk about and all the main main plot points are like scientifically valid if not realized yet you know type of thing so what was the name of it life after okay i'll check it out speaking of the afterlife are you privy to um the discovery the movie that's coming out on netflix the end of this month have you heard of it that does ring a bell it's got uh the guy from how i met your mother um jason oh yeah the preview the trailer had like no dialogue or something like that right no well no the well i saw a preview that had dialogue so i don't know if they did one that didn't have it but essentially but i I did see a trailer for it yeah jason siegel right yeah siegel and basically it's they discover the uh scientific proof of an afterlife so there are mass suicides of people trying to get to the afterlife and then this revolves around a, a group home where people are trying to save people from suicide and stuff like that yeah i remember I do remember seeing the trailer. I probably will take a look at that. This yeah. month, a lot of stuff's coming out, though. There's going to be like Iron Fist, which is not exactly at the same level, but probably will still be entertaining. And mm-hmm. Well, they got uh, Netflix got not shut out, not slammed. They got uh, they didn't win an Oscar. And I guess Amazon Studios 
won an Oscar this time around. And I, mm-hmm. I think it was a big enough deal to uh, start lighting the fire under these other studios. Good. Netflix has uh, three or four really good looking movies coming out this year. Uh, the last, the last one this year has Will Smith in it. Oh, I didn't prepare, so I don't remember the name of it. It's like the blade or the, the something that starts with a B, but it's, <laughs> it's basically uh, after, lo- after earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looked like a, uh, which is um, just am, pretty much his career. So <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of looked like a little bit of an, I am legend supernatural feel. So, what you're saying is the trailer looks good, but you're not sure if the movie's going to be any good. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Is that what we're talking about today? That might be what the topic is today. Today, we are going to talk about movies where the trailer was better than the movie. Yes. And Which... can you think of a glaring, obvious one right off the top of your head? I did a little research at this. Um, I wanted to start by, and I've told you about this, the first time in my life that I realized, like I, I came up against this phenomena where I saw a trailer for at least a couple of weeks before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the movie and I was so thoroughly disappointed that I was just depressed after I walked out of the theater. What movie is that? 1990 Miami Blues. Ah, yes. Agreed. It was um, Alec Baldwin and Jennifer Jason Lee, I believe. And... I just, just to refresh my memory, I went on YouTube and looked at the uh, original trailer. Yeah, it was everything I remember. It looks like it's going to be a pretty good comedy. It's got, the trailer makes it look funny. The trailer makes it look snappy and kind of upbeat and a little ridiculous. And it looked funny. I was uh, 12 years old when it came out, 12, 13 mm-hmm. years old. Now, was that a uh, a matter of them just showing you everything in the trailer? So there was nothing. The trailer showed every bit that was funny was all in the trailer. They build it 100% as a comedy. Mm-hmm. Maybe watching it, you're kind of like, maybe it's a dark comedy, but it's still a comedy. Then you go to the theater and watch. It's just a plotting drama. Yep. Yeah. Every funny part was in the trailer, every single one. And that was it. And that was the first time. Like at 12 years old, I was like, what are they doing? How how could they just fool us like this? How could my friend that I went and saw the, theater, at the movie within the theater just was shaking his head when we walked out? He was pissed. Like I was in disbelief. He was like, I can't believe we went and saw that and paid money for that. That's crazy. And, and maybe if I saw the movie now, I'd appreciate it more. But at 12 years old, no, I think it was no good. It was crazy. Yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee kind of flashes the camera at one point. So that was kind of cool for 12 year old. Like side boob or? No, I think it was full on if I remember. Oh, right. wow. Yeah, yeah. It's worth checking out. So yeah, <laughs> uh, so the twelve-year-old well, me like that. But other than that, it was it was thoroughly disappointing. I can't tell you the first time. Uh, I, I don't remember the first time I saw a movie that the trailer really fooled me because the trailer was that good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say that one that sticks out in my mind is uh, Signs, the M Night Shyamalan, yeah, with Mel Gibson, and um, that that no. was such a bad movie. I'm because I was just gonna say full disclosure. I actually kind of like that movie. Yeah, I hated it. It was I, it was ridiculous in some parts, but some parts it did sufficiently creep me out that I can't throw it in the waste bit entirely. Well, that that preview, I I could go back and watch that preview again and be thoroughly 
hooked. Like, wow, how yeah. is this not going to be a good movie? Like the alien's I, foot going into the corn and all that stuff. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I feel that movie is good for is to be fodder in the scary movie three movie. I feel like that was the first time that he went off the rails for his twist ending. Yeah. Like he was doing pretty good. And then he did this, and you're like, okay, so the twist is there's no coincidences. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Swing uh, away. Swing away. Swing. Oh, God. That was such a – I just – but the, the back to the point is the preview had me completely sold. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you another movie that is on the same, I want to say, level, filmmaking style and everything – was uh, District 9. District 9 had me sold completely as yeah. going to be this badass alien movie. Uh, they In the trailer, they showed all the scenes where the the tech, you know, the heavy tech and the armor, armor and the, uh, <clears throat> the guns that would uh, vaporize people. And they showed all those parts in the trailer. And then in the movie, it accounted for maybe 30 seconds. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you watch it, it's like, oh, it's a morality tale. Like, okay, I get it. That's why that movie Chappie came out. Yeah. Didn't really bother with it. No, I, I have the same people, either. and I was like, yeah. I'm all set. Yeah, District yeah. 9 to me was a, an awful movie, but the preview looked fantastic. Like, if you showed that preview to me now, I'd say, yeah, that's going to be a good movie. Yeah. You watch it, and it's terrible. So, that those are two instances I can think right off the top of my head, and of course there are two glaring ones from last year that I was hoping you'd bring up. From last year, let's see. Well, I think the number one. I, I think we might have discussed this, and I disagree with you on one of them. If I'm thinking of what you're thinking of, but definitely the one we both agreed on was Suicide Squad. Yep, absolutely. Fantastic trailer. Great oh, I watched trailer. that trailer over and over. Just the way they paced it, especially the first one with the song about world laughing. Yeah, the I started the a joke. On. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then it like kind of fades in and the Joker's laughing in the background and you got the characters going, oh no. Like wait, they wait. made it played off so heavily that the Joker mean, was going to be the bad that guy. That wasn't a Joker movie? I know, right? It's almost <laughs> like if you took the Joker scenes and eliminated them entirely, it wouldn't affect the rest of the movie whatsoever. No. Weird. No. <laughs> Oh, bad. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Jared Leto's, I don't know, I heard it described as crunk Joker, <laughs> the metal yeah. team, the tattoos. I mean, yeah. nothing, no dick against Leto. He's a good actor, but the whole gangsta Joker thing was, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not that good. After, you know, um, geez, why am I drawing a blank? I guess when they die, I just forget about them. <laughs> Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. <laughs> well, that's interesting you bring that up because I think what the trailer did was it played on the hype that this this is going to be another actor taking on the Joker role. Will he succeed or will he not succeed? And right. they they used trickery in the trailer to show different things about the Joker that didn't actually exist in the movie. And I think we'll yeah. talk about this a little bit later, that they do use scenes um, in trailers that don't make it into the movie. We'll, we'll touch yes. on that later. But what I'm saying is, is there was a... A fervor. There was a frothing at the mouth a little bit of people saying, I can't wait to see the Jared Leto Joker and see how it compares to the Heath Ledger Joker, simply because no human being could do it as well as Heath Ledger did. Right. So there was there was that. How do we introduce the Joker in a trailer to make people think, I have to go see this. I've got to see it. 
And I think that they were successful in the trailer because yes. it's a fantastic trailer. And the Joker scenes in the trailer were intriguing. And it was a, yeah. He pulls out, it looks like defibrillator paddles or something like that. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you. Really hurt you really yeah. Bad. Yeah. I don't even, and I that's don't the last scene where he's smiling yeah. over. You don't know who he's talking to, but you know they're going to get screwed over royally. They had to do what they had to do. I, I the cutthroat, you know, corporate, apologist in me knows that to sell a movie to an audience where all the headliners are b-list characters that nobody ever heard of like if people watch the cartoon they knew harley quinn and they knew the joker mm-hmm. and then it kind of trickled out that uh, batman was gonna make an appearance wait nobody knows deadshot deadshot captain boomerang <laughs> i mean <laughs> what was the guy's name el diablo these are like the enchantress these are all characters that i'm a comic fan and i barely knew who they were yeah, you know the wider audience couldn't give two shits, but this had Joker. This was the return of the Joker. Right. Remember the Dark Knight when everybody loved it, and you know that Dark Knight. That you just watched out of the movie theater thinking this was maybe the greatest depiction of a comic character ever put on celluloid or mm-hmm. digital, I guess whatever you want to say now. But okay, yeah, well you can have some more of it because it's Jared Leto and or Leto, however you pronounce his name. He's a great actor. You remember seeing him and all his other things he did. He won Oscars or was nominated. He's going to do great with a Joker. No, just no. Have you seen a YouTube video that these two guys, I say two guys, it could have been a whole bunch of people, but one guy plays the new Joker, the Jared Leto Joker, and one guy plays the Heath Ledger Joker, and they they face off against each other. Have you seen that? Was it like epic rap battles or something? (laughs) No, it's they, they do it justice. I, that's the wrong word. Justice uh, League, <laughs> DC. Mm. Uh, they um, they kind of try and do it legit. Yeah. So two Joker universes colliding, uh, and it's it's actually really good. I mean, for two amateur guys playing these Jokers, uh, special effects and the costumes and the acting and. All that is good. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but if you Googled the two Jokers battling each other, I guarantee it'd be the first video that came up, and it's it's pretty good. Hmm. I so, a look. so, all right. So the Suicide Squad is the one that I knew we were both mm-hmm. thinking of. Was the other one Batman Superman? Yeah. See, now I'm going to disagree with you here. I agree that they tried to use the trailer to hype it all up and it was a you know bag of shit movie i agree with the bag of shit movie part all day long but i was you're i don't know how to, how to say this without sounding arrogant but i was not fooled by the trailer right and i, I will it was gonna be bad and i was right i'll say that you're probably in the minority because you know the characters inside and out like when you yeah. see doomsday yeah you know what's up when i i yeah. people like me see doomsday we're like oh oh my god what's that i just did the math i'll just i'll just say that i i was like okay this is gonna be at best a two and a half hour movie because that's what all these movies are now so what do they gotta do they gotta do introduce the main they gotta do something about the characters like they're not gonna have to do i would have thought they wouldn't have to do bruce wayne's parents dying again but i guess they did so but they're Spoiler gonna alert. yeah i'm sorry Ooh, I that. <laughs> anybody that doesn't know bruce wayne's parents die uh. <laughs> Probably not interested in Batman versus Superman. But it's like, okay, they have to set up the pace of introducing characters, introducing their central conflict, which is, you know, why Batman wants to fight Superman. A little bit of the backstory, where they're both coming from. They're going to introduce Wonder Woman. So I'm like, okay, already this is getting bogged down. And then I remember seeing the something about, oh, they're going to show the Justice League, all the different Justice League members, which was ended up being, for the most part, a blip. But 
whatever. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit more they're going to throw in there. And then this, I remember seeing one of the final trailers. Oh, yeah. Then there's the Lex Luthor stuff. Which he wow. was bad. He was just, he was supposed to be another Joker. And they just bottomed out on that one. Yeah. But um, then I saw the final, one of the final trailers. And it's all, all of a sudden, boom, there's Doomsday. I'm like, oh, yeah, this movie's going to suck. Okay. Not enough space, even in two and a half hours, to, to flesh out anything. They're going to cut corners. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be full of plot holes, and it's going to be bad. And I was fucking right. Well, let me tell you something that has been brought to my attention because of this preview trailer. Um, I think that it was a good trailer, bad movie, and probably the biggest sin, the worst sin you can commit when you're doing a trailer getting ready to show me a movie is you incorporate uh, flashback scenes or uh, dream sequences within the trailer yeah. because no reference to that. Being I'm, so. I'm watching this trailer thinking, well, okay, Superman is going to unmask Batman. Uh, Superman's henchmen or followers or whatever are going to be holding Batman against his will down in a tunnel in the desert. And I, you know, like all those, the, those were dream sequences. Those yeah. were, they, they didn't, they weren't even, they weren't real. They weren't part of the movie. So yeah, <laughs> now you I can, remember why I said I hate dream sequences with a passion. I hate them as well. But so much. But it, when used in a trailer, when you're watching that trailer, all that stuff is just turds. It doesn't even count. You have so no reference point. Yeah. You have zero reference point, and it it's a f- trick. It's a trick. The whole thing it's, is a trick. And it's tantamount of false advertising. Really? Yes, it is because. You're giving me a fantastic trailer, and I know you don't like the trailer, but I like the trailer. It it made me want to see the movie to some degree, uh, simply because of my ignorance, obviously. But then when I watch the movie, and those scenes that I'm waiting to see are actually dream sequences or flashbacks or uh, a future that may or may not exist, and I'm like, well, this is dumb. This is really mm-hmm. dumb. And you pulled the wool over my eyes, and shame on you. I'm glad I illegally downloaded this and watched it <laughs> without paying <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, but uh, that's a discussion for another day. Anyway, uh, so moving on, do you, I know you know now, but um, let's explain why a trailer is a trailer and what a preview is. Yeah. So is is a trailer and a preview the same thing? I would have always said yes, but you have disabused me of that notion. So, (laughs) so a preview is exactly what it sounds like. It's a preview. It's something you view before you actually Right, you know, take which in the finished product, but a trailer. I mean, what's a trailer? What does it sound like? It's something that comes from behind, right? Yes, like it's towed from behind, and there's a little so, bit of history there. What's the history there? The history is is that uh, back in the day when people would go to the cinema, the theatre, mm-hmm. they would watch a movie, and after the movie was over and the credits had rolled, they would play a quote unquote preview of another movie that they were trying to advertise, trying to entice you to come see, which is fantastic at the drive-in because when you're at the drive-in, the movie's over, you're starting your car, <laughs> you're throwing away your trash, you're... You buckle up your pants, you got... <laughs> buckle up your pants, you got to climb out of the back seat, you got to wait in traffic. There's all sorts of things that are going to waylay you. And, oh, look up on the screen. There's a preview for another movie that, oh, I'm going to come watch that. But what they found was that these trailers everywhere else other than drive-ins were playing after the credits and people were gone. So they were pointless. So they decided to start tacking these previews onto the beginning of the movie, yet the name trailer stuck because they were forever called trailers. 
So that's why a trailer is a trailer. Now, I will say this, personally speaking, I never called them trailers until I was well into my 20s. Really? I call them previews for the, you know, I can't say the bulk of my life at this point, but for most of my life. Right. Like, I was probably in my early 20s before I started calling them trailers because people around me started calling them trailers. But for whatever right. reason, I was... That's why a soda's a soda and a pop's a pop. Well, pop's a pop and a soda's just wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> pop's we're a superior di- word for that product. We're divided on that, but... I, I have a whole thing about that, but we, we won't get into it this time. <laughs> Down in Texas, everything's I a have Dr. S- Pepper. So well, that's just weird. <laughs> If you want a Pepsi, you just say, I'd like a Dr. Pepper. Well, I want a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, but Is what it kind like of... Coke in the rest of the South, too, or something? Well, yeah, Coke. It's all, all Coke. Coke. Yeah, it's all yeah. Coke. Pop. It's just a superior way to say it. And I have reasons, and I have scientific reasons, and I'm right. So <laughs> we'll just leave it at that for now. Well, anyway, um, so there is another word for it, and it escapes me right now, but I will come up with it later. But the growing well, trend... Oh, finish your thought. I was just gonna, I was going to ask you, do you know when... Do you have like a timeline about when this might have transitioned? Where the trailers are being played before the movies? Well, I I think that it was probably um, in the early seventies when uh, they started creating these tentpole movies, movies that they were desperate to get people into the theater to see. They were propping up these humongous production budgets on the fact that we have a good product and you're going to come in and you're going to see it and you can't advertise that on television all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. You have to run it at the movie theater. I mean, what better way to advertise to people that go see movies than at a movie theater? Cause we know these people go out to see movies. So let's just show them some movie advertisements. Right. So, uh, like when you had movies like jaws and, um, Star Wars. Star Wars. And these movies that were these blockbusters, you needed to get the word out. That, like, part of the whole business of creating movies and getting people into the theater and filling the seats is letting them know that there's an actual movie to watch. Uh, There's more than just a handful of movies that slip under the radar all the time simply because nobody gets to know that they're there. And these, these movies end up in Redbox. They end up on Netflix. They end up... You know, nobody knows that these movies are out there. I'm trying to think of a good example. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, just peruse Netflix right now. Just <laughs> stop what you're doing. Pull up your Netflix. You'll see that Netflix is, in the last two days has added 40 new <laughs> TV shows or movies. Right. I mean, it's it's an avalanche of content that I, I couldn't even tell you what. You could browse by genre, maybe. But who likes just one genre, you know? Right. So you're still never going to find everything. There was a, a Sim game a while ago. You could probably get it now. But it was Sim Cinema and part of creating a movie part of the whole thing was having a budget for trailers having a budget for advertising Hmm. and that's the thing is i mean that's why they have movie posters for upcoming movies in the movie theater that's why they have big cardboard cutout standees and that's to entice people to come back to the theater because yeah (laughs) that's their bread and butter so in it you know that's that's really the best way to get a hold of an audience is to play a movie in front or play a preview or an advertisement for a movie that is of the same genre roughly as, yes. roughly as the movie that you're about to see because right you're probably not going to see um a preview for the new animated disney movie in front of you know deadpool or horror yeah <laughs> right so um that I don't have a day, I don't have a a year that that actually happened, but it was a trend. It was a it was a thing that they did, and through their own science, their own numbers and data, 
they figured out that people weren't coming back to the theater to see these movies that they had never heard of because they didn't stick around after the credits rolled to see the preview. Mm -hmm. So that being said, there is a brand new trend. And again, I don't remember the name of the word. I, I don't remember the word. It'll come to me before the end of this podcast. And if not, I'll say it later and then insert it in here. Uh, but <laughs> and it will sound completely natural. Essentially, what movie studios are doing now is they are giving you uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I've even seen 10 minute chunks of an entire movie before it even airs, before it even comes out. Yeah. I mean, I would just say that's clips. Like like the Alien Covenant one that you were t- we were talking about yep. is if I if you look on YouTube it'll just say Alien Covenant clip. There's another word for it though. There's there's another word. I'll one thing that we haven't mentioned though is teasers. Why oh, that's it? right. Yeah. Yeah. So you you have the teaser trailer. <clears throat> you have the regular trailer. You might have the trailer number one, trailer number two. You might have if there's a special event, there's a Super Bowl trailer. There's you're gonna have right. all this content in front of you. And let me just stop right now and say that one of the things I hate most about YouTube is I click on a video to watch an advertisement and they play an ad before I watch the advertisement. You know what I mean? So yes, because that's essentially what a trailer is as an advertisement. So yeah, that's you're exactly what it is. Yeah. So I'm being advertised to before I see an advertisement. But most people like. The, the, what, the fact that you say that makes me stop and think because I don't think of it that way naturally. Like, I don't think of a trailer as an advertisement. Right. Like, okay, one thing I wanted to mention when we decided to talk about this topic is, like I talked about the first time the trailer was disappointing to me, but I'll tell you the first time I was aware of a trailer hype, like where the, a trailer came out for a movie and it was so, the, just the trailer itself was so hyped and so crazy that that might have been a production in and of itself. And that was the Phantom Menace trailer. Absolutely. Because I remember at the time reading news articles of people who, because this is when it came out, you know, there was an internet, but it wasn't, there was no YouTube. Google wasn't really, you know, finding right. ready-made, you know, video content was for most people, not that easy. So they would actually leave work, go to a theater to buy a ticket for a movie they knew was going to play the new Phantom Menace movie, uh, the Phantom Menace trailer and stay and watch the trailer, get up and go home. Because all they wanted to do was see the trailer. Yep. They wanted that thrill, that that tickle of nostalgia, that thrill of anticipation. They just it was like a little it was like going in there and getting a little, you know, little needle in your vein real quick. Little little slap in the face, little shoot up and then little boom. A hit of dopamine. Little hit of dopamine. And then you go home. Look, look at the uh, Force Awakens teaser. That thing like dropped like a nuclear bomb when it hit, you know, when it came out. There were the there were uh videos of people's reactions right. to the force awakens trailer yeah so watching people get, have tears in their eyes like I, jumping up and cheering and yeah. i have to admit something right now is i am that guy that has to be in the movie theater before the preview start i have to watch yeah. the trailers before a movie and i find them to be small chunks of entertainment i love yeah. trailers i love if them. i miss the if i miss the trailers i'm upset i'm, I'm with you agreed and they are little mini productions all by themselves that's yeah. it's just a fact they have uh you know the voiceover they have the cinematic score they have clips they have things that you're gonna i mean they know what they're doing they know that what they're doing in order to get you to come back and see that movie and to get you excited to see a movie um the only problem with that is um sometimes not a lot of the times or not all the time i guess but they um they include images and scenes in trailers uh, that, don't that don't make it into the movie. Yeah. And I think probably the most recent 
one that I can think of is Rogue One, because uh, they did all those reshoots. A lot of that stuff in the original trailer never right. was in the movie. With a uh, lot of Forrest it. Whitaker's voiceover saying, like, what will you become, was yeah. never in the movie. Like, yeah. I remember walking that one, but a lot of other movies walking out going, wait, did I just not pay attention? Like, did I miss, what was that right. part in the trailer that wasn't right. in there? So and it makes you like, it's almost like when you watch a trailer, you're watching an alternate reality version of the movie. <laughs> right. Because a lot of the stuff just in the final, they're they're putting out trailers and, you know, teasers for movies well before it's in post-production. Yeah. Because they got to get you. They got to get you having that C planted in your back of your head, which is, it's maybe a bit of a aside, but I'm still, it's now March 4th, 2017, and there's yet to be even a teaser for the Star Wars movie coming out in December of this year. Right. And that's unprecedented. So yep. it makes me wonder if they're maybe doing reshoots because of Carrie Fisher dying. I don't know. You know, script rewrites, something like that. Or are they holding it off on purpose so when they finally do do it, you know, release a trailer, boom, the hype machine is going to be rolling straight on through to December. Right. I, I will say that just this last week and maybe the week before, I've started to hear the, the rumblings, the, the hype the uh, headlines running across the screen and stuff. J.J. Um, Abrams announced, or I say announced, he, in a conversation or an interview, he was quoted as saying that he believes um, Mark Hamill will receive an Oscar for his portrayal <laughs> of Luke Skywalker in the new in the next Star Wars movie. So, I mean, that's that's all part of it. That's all part of driving people to the movie theater to see it. And yeah. it starts with those little teeny hints and those little teeny nuggets that get dropped by producers, by actors. They go on these, you know, nighttime talk shows and they they might say one little thing and then the news is going to grab that and it's going to just snowball. Yeah. Well, the good example was I just saw something about, you know, the, the next movie's called The Last Jedi. Movie posters for that have come out, but when they translate to another language, Jedi is plural. Because some, you know, Jedi in English, you could say singular or plural, and there's no indicator with the phrase Last Jedi. But in French or Spanish, because of the way they do their los and las and zigzag walbu, <laughs> I, I'm sure that's in, like German or something, right? So yeah, uh, <laughs> you got to put a dot. It's plural. Yeah. So yes, like like little things like that. They those nuggets they put out there. You know they did that on purpose. They wouldn't release that stuff if they didn't do it to whet your appetite. Like I could see at this point them actually doing like JG Abrams actually doing a press release just to announce when the trailer is going to hit. Like I could see yeah. that happening. Yep, I believe it. I absolutely believe it. But that's, what the, that's the machine that we're all part of now. Back to what I was saying before about them releasing large chunks. Um, they just did a one-minute video or a, a one-minute clip of uh, Beauty and the Beast before it came out in theaters. Yeah. And it was essentially the song Belle from the original movie where she's introducing herself to the town and singing and stuff like that. And I thought Emma Watson did a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> and I purposely avoided posting that on Facebook uh simply because you don't want to get assassinated <laughs> yeah because there are so many fanboys and girls that love emma watson they love beauty and the beast how could this not be a match made in heaven yes and i'm watching that one minute clip and i'm like uh, i don't want to see this movie at all this this one minute clip actually ruined the movie yeah. for me because <laughs> yeah. it was it was that bad 
uh, she gave Bell like no life at all. She, it was so wooden and so the, like the look on her face was uh, just it wasn't wasn't Bell from the cartoon. See, and you got to wonder who's in charge of that, right? Like, who's they, they should have this down to a science, right? Like, okay, this is what people want to see. We're gonna give them this, blah blah blah. So if the movie, if the trailer is that bad and turns you off, and that's the best of what they chose from the movie, right? It's not bode well at all. No. Well, so, there's this one coming out. Uh, just really quick, the last time I saw something in the theater, there's this animated movie coming out about a baby who's a gangster or something <laughs> boss baby yeah that's it dad looked terrible like I, I i remember actually sitting in the theater and people around me going are they kidding me okay time out okay yeah clearly not made for you no now, no and i'm and I, i'm not saying I'm just, that i like some of these animated movies though i you know like right and the you're the, the zootopias you're the they're guy on a level but but there you're not their target audience simply because i can tell you this that both my kids have seen it and they are salivating to see it oh my god neither like when they watch that preview they are just glued like we've watched, that runs uh at the beginning of the trolls blu-ray yeah, and they want to watch it before they watch the trolls movie every single time <laughs> they want to see it. Well, but there's that just that's a good indicator of how they're just starting to drop the ball on this stuff because that's the best way they put in there. And the beauty of all these animated movies up till now, because this is like a definitely like golden age of animated movies, is that it appeals to adults and children. Like children right. love it, and adults are saying like, "Wow, this actually looks like it might be pretty good." Like the trailer for Zootopia mm-hmm. with Sloth at the DMV, I laughed out loud when I saw that. I thought that was yeah. actually pretty clever. So I'm watching this. I'm like, wow, this looks terrible. And all the adults around me are like, what are they thinking? <laughs> sure, kids might love it, but this is an indicator that the trailer has not done its job. It's not somebody dropped the ball on that one. Right. Somebody did not put the best face forward. And I have a feeling, maybe I'll be wrong, but I'm going to predict right now that it's going to be a flop. Ooh. I know, it's strong. Based purely on the trailer. Yeah. Well, purely on the I'll, science of a trailer. I I regret to inform you that i will be purchasing tickets and i will be taking my kids to see that regardless of how terrible it is and i'll i'm sure uh halfway through that movie i will be thinking this is awful and both my kids will be glued yeah well yeah <laughs> but i mean that's I mean, what's if, important too i i would be i would challenge anybody to put out any animated movie ever that that kids aren't just gonna like because it's animated well i can think of one but it's disturbing <laughs> Okay, I'm intrigued. No, you've seen it. we both seen it. Labby. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I thought animated, I uh, my, my mind went to a bad place. That's nowhere near a kid's movie. <laughs> That's not anybody's movie. Yeah. Anybody, uh, anybody listening right now, if you just want to press pause and go watch Where the Dead Go to Die, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> You'll be disappointed in humanity. I will say that. If you could make it through two minutes of Where the Dead Go to Die, <laughs> keep in mind, I have watched it start to finish twice. Twice? Wow, you're an ambitious man. I, well, I had to turn my head away the one time I watched <laughs> it. I could not fit. I kept it going audio because I felt like I had to challenge myself. But there was parts uh, where I was like, nope, I'm not even looking. I'm just not going to look. <laughs> yeah. Um, it needed. It needed. Oh, I don't know, Labby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I wanted to know what happened, like in the scenes that I maybe missed the first time around. That's right. Uh, that's true. Anyway, this podcast does not recommend anybody go watch. No, we do not endorse where the dead go to die. Where the dead go to die. Um, so anyway, uh, Beauty and the Beast 
it was a 60 second clip that they put out that wasn't a trailer it wasn't a preview it was an actual this is the movie you're going to watch this is the this is we're going to put this out to you so you have an idea of what to expect when you come here it's not going to be cut scenes it's not going to be overly dramatic to make you you know entice you sure this is going to be the product that you come and consume now i watched the 6 minute alien covenant one and it was an incredible eye opener I can't say it, it turned me off of the movie because it would mm-hmm. take an act of Congress to get me to hate the alien movies. I've, I even like the aliens versus predators. Ugh, no, but, I'm with you. I, yes, I'm glad you said that because I feel like the lone man, in the wilderness, yeah. I like both the aliens versus predator movies and say what you will about me. I actually, enjoy <laughs> those. well, anyway, here we have a six minute clip and it's the same thing as the beauty and the beast. It is. This is the movie. We're not going to f- put any filler in. We're not going to do anything to disguise what this movie is about. Here's six minutes, like it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And right out the gate, it had actors in it that I wasn't expecting. Now I've full disclosure on that is I've tried to stay away from it as much as possible because I overhyped myself for Prometheus. I watched Prometheus and mm-hmm. I wanted to slip my wrists. So this one, I know that there's a movie coming out. I know Ridley Scott's involved. That's where I wanted to, to stay. I didn't want mm-hmm. to delve. So then I get the six minute clip and it's more than I can stand. I want to see aliens. I want to see somebody have a face hugger. I want to see somebody have the back of their head smashed out by an alien. And what they gave me was a six minute clip of them on of the crew on a spaceship. And it had actors I wasn't expecting. It had an homage yeah. I wasn't expecting. As yeah. campy as it was, I liked it. But then it also created, it, it stirred up these questions that I have for this movie that I wasn't expecting and quite honestly not looking forward to. So, <laughs> so basically, Cheers, Franco. <laughs> this six minute clip was basically a dare for me. They dare me to come see this. Yeah. See, for me, I think that the clip part was a dog whistle. You know what I mean? Like they're sending a signal that to the diehard true people, the diehard fans, mm-hmm. where they're going to pick it up, whereas your average, you know, not caring movie-going audience is going to be like, oh, okay. They're sitting around, they're talking about the journey they're on. She chokes. But if you're fans, if you're a fan of the first two movies especially, you're going to pick up on the metaphor and the symbolism. Her, church, her choking is just like, what was the guy's name? Kane? Yeah, Joe when he Kane. has the first chest buster. Yeah. They're sitting that around was, the table was, eating and... That was a flag wave, and that was a signal saying, look, we get it. We know Prometheus. We dropped the ball on that one. Give us another chance, and we're going to impress you. We know where you liked it. We can, know I drop, can I drop a factoid? Sure. Okay, factoid. The The actors in that scene in the first Alien, when the first chestburster comes out of the guy, mm-hmm. the actors had no idea that that was going to happen. Oh, really? They, they knew something was going to happen. They, they, basic, they had a basic understanding of the mechanics and what was going to happen. They had no idea of the blood, the terror, and all that. So all those reactions that you see of the chestburster coming out of the guy are all like legitimate fear and terror. <laughs> Nice. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, basically, I like to listen to DVD commentary, hmm. and uh, uh, but anyway, it's a little factoid. Sorry. No, that's pretty good. So, if we so take this, I, I actually one thing I wanted to try to get into is kind of reversing this because we've been talking a lot about uh, good trailers, bad movies. Mm-hmm. But I remember when we discussed doing this topic, I want to challenge you to think of bad trailers for good movies. 
like the trailer didn't wow you or misrepresented the movie but you saw it anyways at some point maybe not in the theater and you're like wow the trailer did not do this thing justice this trailer dropped the ball and the movie was great the number one movie that i can think of that they did that was wally see i never saw wally you you really should watch it tonight (laughs) it's it's that good of a movie uh it is i really can't describe how i mean the good things of it it's just that good it's a it's a pixar movie and very well done yeah i know the gist of it i just i never got around to seeing it it's good i kind of told myself i should but i never did you really should watch it i mean certainly not make it your priority but you should watch it anyway the preview for it is um a shot of the stars and a napkin and some doodles on a napkin and it's essentially the writer's dialogue talking about how they came up with the idea of wally before they came up with toy story before they came up with um any of these other pixar pixar movies Mm -hmm. they had the idea for wally and they finally had the opportunity to make it and it didn't really make me want to see it at all. Right. <laughs> it was, right. it was a okay, terrible, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible trailer and it didn't make me want to see the movie. But when I saw it, it was a really good movie. Wally is fantastic. It's see, that's funny. You mentioned that. Cause I, I just random Google search. This is hardly scientific, but you know, a list popped up movies, 10, tra- 10, tra- bleh, 10 terrible trailers for great movies. And Wally is on that list. I would, I would agree. That that's the only one that really comes to mind. But uh, I'll tell you the one that I remember. I always go to, and I've told you this before. I can't remember the trailer per se. The details has been long enough. But the original Matrix, the first Matrix movie, yeah, that came out when I was in college, and me and my friends, the group of us, I don't know, maybe six of us, were trying to. We're all like, yeah, we gotta go see a movie. What do we want to see? And they all said some random stuff. And me, only out of the six, only me and one other of my friends tried to convince them to go see The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Because based on the preview, based on the trailer, none of my other friends thought it was going to be any good. They're like, ah, I don't know. It's some weird Keanu Reeves movie where he's like a trench coach mafia or something like that. Like, they did not think it was going to be worth going to the theater to see. Yeah. Like, no, no, it's going to be cool because it's about like AI and robots taking over and they're fighting slow. It's, it looks really cool. And finally, just because they couldn't agree on anything else and the two of us stand, stood firm, we went and saw it. And it was the Matrix. The rest is history. We walked out of the theater going, oh, my God. Well, what I can say is I love to sit the nostalgia side of me, which you know that I'm steeped in nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I love to sit on YouTube and I like to watch previews of movies from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, some of that's really cool, too. I'll, what I'll say is that if you remove the nostalgia factor and go back and watch any of those movie <laughs> previews. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you, I do know one. Um Event Horizon. Yeah. If you go back and watch the Event Horizon preview or trailer, excuse me, if you go back and watch the Event Horizon trailer, it does not do that movie justice at all. It is, it's a terrible trailer um, <laughs> and a fantastic movie. But that really just says something about back then, back in the 80s, early 90s, they probably had their, it was a different formula. That's all I can say is it was a different formula for especially the early eighties or late seventies. Right. It was, they did not have the science and the data and all that stuff behind these trailers to put together something that maybe at the time it was more than, you know, cause they've evolved. Trailers have evolved so much there. I mean, trailers now are three minutes. Yeah. 
trailers in the eighties, you watch one and they're forty five seconds. Yep. And there's there's one I always come back to. I don't know why is the trailer for Phantasm. Did you ever see yeah. that one? Oh yeah. And there's something like this voiceover guy with a deep voice, Phantasm, a fantastical tale about horror and blah blah blah. And it's just this guy talking, and they show us a couple clips of the movie, maybe a couple of characters say some lines, and that's it. You get no real sense other than, okay, it's a horror movie, and this guy's tall, and it's in a funeral home. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you don't get it's, – and it's very bare bones. Yeah. Bit of creepy music, but nothing – no production value to it. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think of that one when I think of early 80s, late 70s type of movie trailers. Something that came across my Facebook feed the day before yesterday – was somebody made a modern trailer for The Empire Strikes Back? Oh yeah, and it is awesome. Huh. It is like you Star will Wars want movies to... are on this list of uh, yeah bad trailers, terrible movies for good yeah terrible trailers for good movies. Yeah, all yeah. Star Wars lists. And The Empire Strikes Back got a rebooted trailer. Some guy did it on his own. It's not a. It's it's certainly not Hollywood production <laughs> quality. It's somebody did it, but it really puts a magnifying glass on top of like how trailers are done now versus how they were done then the striking difference is almost all the dialogue in the new trailer the new empire strikes back trailer the person talking is not the person the the character talking is not the character you're seeing on the screen at the time and if you go if you go watch this you'll know exactly what i'm talking about no i think i can picture yeah so they'll they'll show some some scene of princess leia you know, looking longingly at Han before he goes into the carbonite chamber and it'll be Darth Vader's voice, you know, his dialogue saying something about, you know, whatever. But it's almost the entire dialogue of the trailer is removed from whoever's on the screen. And that's something that they didn't have back in the 80s. That, they didn't have that like, concept. You go yeah. back and you watch those 80s trailers and they actually give you face value. The person on the screen is the person talking. Yeah, so like voiceovers basically was not something they toyed yeah. with. Yeah. And and it's almost, because I watch a lot of these 80s trailers, it's unnatural now to see <laughs> it that way. But the trailers now is almost exclusively that. It's... It's really bizarre. It's There's really almost a chicken the egg argument here is did our taste of like it's a bizarre to us now because our tastes evolved? Did the trailers evolve with our so our tastes evolved or did our tastes evolve so the trailers evolved? Like did one person come out with a trailer with a voiceover and everybody loved it, so everybody started copying it? Yeah. I'd, happened? I'd say that's yeah. more than likely the scenario is yeah. a trailer came out for a movie where somebody was on the screen but somebody was talking that wasn't the person on screen and it actually made like, like it gelled like, yeah. And it was so good that, you know, you know, two executives were kind of like looking at each other. Oh my God. Oh, this works. Cause the test audience somewhere was going, Oh, I wonder who's talking. Like, how's this tie in? Yeah. How does all the trailers are voiceovers? Like, yeah, that's every trailer, all voiceovers, all some narrator somewhere saying something, you know, especially a action sci-fi movie. Yeah. I encourage you to go watch the back to the, uh, not back to the future, the uh, empire strikes back trailer modernized. It's that good. Hmm. Just be warned. It'll make you want to watch the movie. Anyway. I will say one that stood out to me too. Just real quick was looking at this list and they're right. Cabin in the woods. Oh, but the trailer I, made it look like it wasn't a bad trailer per se, but it just made it look like very deceiving, a very 
generic horror movie with a little bit of like okay somebody's watching him on camera but it's still super focused on monsters coming at these kids in this cabin in the woods and it was very misleading and it made people i guess the people making lists said it turned people off because okay it's just another generic cookie cutter well what why are they watching on the monitors i don't know but the rest of the movie is definitely just all you have to do yeah all you'd have to do is take that same trailer and then show the whiteboard yeah if if that's (laughs) like that that trailer would have made me run to the theater to see a movie where you've got these monsters coming out of the woods, killing these kids. And all of a sudden they flash to the whiteboard and then a guy taking bets on who's going to kill who that yeah. right there would have sold me in an instant. I, exactly. I would have been like, Oh hell. Cause I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it at least a good year later, like on TV, like yeah, uh, same. downloaded it or something. Yeah. And I, and I, I was like, why didn't I see this in the theater? That would have been awesome. Yeah. I was, I was kicking myself. Well, I think that uh, we can certify Cabin in the Woods as a uh, Masters of Profundication Legacy Vault contender. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> that's, that's called foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it is. So at a later date, we're going to be talking about what the Legacy Vault is, but... Until then, that's a little kernel. Teaser. It's a, te- it's a <gasps> teaser trailer. Yeah. It all comes full circle. In a world where there was a podcast, two men <laughs> talked that about. It kills me too because nobody ever uses the phrase in a world in a serious trailer. <laughs> ever. Have you seen the Jerry Seinfeld uh, spoof trailer of the guy that does the voiceovers for all the trailers that does that? In a world. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm guessing no. Okay. Yeah. Well, Put that on your list of things to watch after we oh, get here. You probably you've probably seen this, but this this made me laugh out loud when I saw it a couple of years ago. Was talking about somebody redid the Empire Strikes Back trailer. Watch the redone Shining trailer where they put I think it's like Salisbury Hill as the background music, and they yeah. just recut it and make it look like Danny and the Dad are. It's like yeah, the father son bonding movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I've seen it. It is pretty it's, good. It was so good. I was like, oh my god, this is the greatest. <laughs> Yeah, which just shows what you can do with a trailer to fool your audience. Yeah, it's not hard. Well, let's Miami Blues. <laughs> Before we go, let's dissect a trailer. Let's dissect it, and um, I'll say that the music mm-hmm. that is featured in a trailer is probably gonna be somewhere between thirty forty percent of the reason why you want to see this movie. And you Captain probably America Civil War. Loved you probably it. loved it. You probably don't even know it, but the music you're listening to in a in a trailer is the what is driving you to go see it because it, yes. it's usually something that is so good and not always exclusive to the film that you're about to see. Nope. Uh, yeah. There are plenty of uh trailers can't think of them off the top of my head, but I know them when I see them um that have Hans Zimmer's Gladiator soundtrack as the soundtrack to the trailer, not the movie. Nope. So, the original Crow uh, trailer. I remember I, I love the Crow and I love the soundtrack, but the original Crow trailer had this like kind of airy, choral like voice song to it that I thought was really cool when I was a kid and saw it and was bummed that was never didn't really show in the movie at all. They never showed up on the, the, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it was a, like a hook that had no payoff. It was yep. There's uh, another movie soundtrack that gets used. It's in heavy rotation amongst preview music, trailer music, and that's uh, Transformers. That first Transformers. Transformers, that first Transformers movie had a soundtrack or a s- score 
mm-hmm. that was fantastic. It was really, 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 really good. Um, it's bumming me out that I can't think of the guy's name right off the top of my head, but um, you you'll catch that in a lot of uh, trailers nowadays. Well, I know, like even something like sounds, like the Inception sound that yep, they got repeated for years in so many different trailers. Yeah, and that's and it used, was used, used a to lot. Good effect in a lot of them, but it just started becoming perfunctory. Right, it's pacing, you know, because we've got a we've got a it's a lot like a song, a lot something that is going to build you up, build you up, build you up, and then give you a big. It's going to always build you up and then let you down. It's Why do you do that? Around. Why do you build me up? <laughs> Buttercup. Buttercup, baby, just to let me down. Steve Jablonski. And I'm not going to play it because I don't want to have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be worth it. Uh, yeah, Steve Jablonski is the guy that did the Transformers, the original Transformers score. And I, I tell you what. I don't remember any of that. It's good. If you yeah. if you check it out, you will not be disappointed. But um, yeah, so what are we getting in our trailers? We're getting the music not always from the movie we're getting sound effects or some sort of pacing beat mm-hmm. um we're getting images and video from the movie that may not necessarily be in the movie it might be a deleted scene it might be just something that they thought added to yeah. the movie but cut at a later date what else You're do we have get tone changes from the trailer to the actual movie you know the suicide squad or like i have harped on the miami blues where (laughs) they bill it as one thing and then it ends up being completely something different yeah Uh, you know what i i just saw a movie this year that i have to say wasn't a terrible movie but the i'll just say it office christmas party yeah with uh jason bateman Julia, uh, uh, Julie, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston yeah. and TJ Miller. Um, the the trailer used almost all the funny parts from the movie, mm-hmm. and it had scenes in it that weren't in the movie, and it had a score that wasn't in the movie, <laughs> and it had a lot of that pacing, sound effects. Um, the the trailer was fantastic. The movie was ho hum. Decent, but but that is a perfect example of what we're talking about right now. Yeah, I was going to say, because I kind of wanted to see that movie. I kind of kicked myself that I never got around to seeing it because the trailer was funny. Yeah. So good you, and you got it all. Now, you and I are in the same boat. As we're recording this, neither one of us has seen Logan, which we're both planning to see tomorrow. Yep. Now, the trailer that dropped on that one with the Johnny Cage cover of Hurt. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cage. <laughs> I, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. He's Johnny Cage is doing a little moral combat. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> the Johnny Cash cover of Hurt um, was I thought phenomenal. I was like, holy crap! Like the Wolverine solo movies have sucked, but this one looks good. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, this is not the same trap. Like if my my spidey sense was not tingling on this one, like it was on Batman Superman, right? It doesn't mean anything necessarily because my sense doesn't tingle for most of this crap movies. But if you look outside the trailer and see that this is going to be the last Wolverine, or at least the last Wolverine that he does, yeah, um, well, it's never going to be the last Wolverine. But it makes me feel like at least he pushed for in this movie. Um, everything that we wanted to do up until this point and we couldn't do, we're going to do right. in this movie. So that's what makes me hopeful. And that when I watch the trailer, that's what I have in mind is this is it. This is, this is the end for him. And he's going to, 
he's going to go out in style. Yeah, try to make sure he goes out with the movie he wants to make. Mm -hmm. Now, that brings up a very interesting point. Have you heard about the trailer that airs with or plays with Logan for Deadpool? Mm. Oh, no, I have not. Okay, there is a trailer for uh, for Deadpool 2 that plays before, either before, I don't know, I don't know where the news has said that it is either before or after, but it is a, a preview for Deadpool that includes, it, it's like a three-minute job, three-minute thing that is absolutely hilarious. I've watched it already. It's on YouTube. Hmm. Um, and it it's not from the movie. It's basically uh, Wade breaking the fourth wall <laughs> to tell you to go see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it it rips from other movies. It spoofs other movies. Uh, Superman. It uses the music from Superman. It features Deadpool getting into a phone booth <laughs> to change into his Deadpool costume. <laughs> and it is absolutely fucking hilarious. Nice. Yeah. See, and I never I, heard a thing about that. That's weird. Usually, yep. well, I got my finger on the bolts. You know, you're in the know. You're in the Hollywood vein. <laughs> yeah, as it were. Um. But anyway, I, I watched it and it's. It's worth checking out. All right. It's very funny. Maybe I'll avoid watching it so I can get that little thrill but of actually seeing it in the theater. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, although it it's one of those things that once you watch it, you're going to want to just play it again immediately. <laughs> it's that funny. Um, but it's a good example of them playing us clips, not an actual preview of the movie. It's right. This is not stuff that's in the movie. Maybe we're entering the era of the post-trailer trailer, where they're not even going to bother showing you what the movie's about. They're just going to throw something pithy in there to grab your interest and get that name of that movie in your head. Right? It would create a buzz. I would agree yeah. with that, except for the fact that Deadpool is its own. Deadpool. <laughs> but it, that... it, it, it's its own thing now, but maybe it's a trailblazer. Huh? That's true. That's yeah. true. I I don't see any serious movie breaking the fourth wall to encourage you to go see a movie that being said the wall e trailer was just the producers talking yeah voiceover so you never know this could be a trend but the there seriously is a trend of of them giving us chunks of the movie to watch before it comes out to kind of wet our lips which is the thing i think can only really happen now with the the fact that everybody's on internet all the time. Like, if you're in a theater, you're not going to sit still for a six-minute clip preview. Right. It's going to feel like an eternity. But if you're just sitting there, you know, watching it on your computer or your tablet or scrolling through Facebook, it pops up, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just taking a dump, so I got time to <laughs> watch this. That's fine. <laughs> and if you're taking a dump in a theater, you got other issues. So <laughs> it works at home. Right, right. Every so. time I do it in a theater, people look at me funny. I don't judgmental pricks yeah i don't know what's their problem (laughs) so uh i think that that has been a fantastic rundown of trailers good bad good trailers for bad movies bad trailers for good movies vice versa um some stuff there to check out and uh i think that's great it's good unless you had anything else to add um i can't think of anything offhand so we could move into the uh the trivia question oh you want to do trivia yeah I got well, a trivia question. I want to do some trivia. You've set the bar pretty low for me by saying it's an easy one. So it should uh, be, it should I be an easy one. <laughs> I don't think I've gotten a trivia question right so far. 
Oh, God. I'm going to have to humiliate you when you don't get this one. Not on purpose. I'm sorry. I apologize ahead of time if you don't get it. Okay. I should have said it's going to be an easy one if you, you know, then set your expectations. Uh, well, give let's... Me, give me yours first. Give me yours first. Okay. All right. I will give you mine first. What is... Wait, I did that joke last time, I think. Um, what is the most efficient food source? And I will clarify. Uh, most calories produced per acre. Oh, okay. Mm. And <laughs> quinoa. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be true. But uh, yeah, so that, that was a joke answer. I totally didn't mean that. For yeah, I know. Most uh, most calories per acre with the cheapest cost. The most okay. efficient food source. Mm. And I can see you're struggling. <laughs> I'm going to just say wheat, right? Grain? It, is not, it is not wheat. However, wheat is on the list as one of the one of the ones right up there. Hmm. But um corn. Corn is number 2. Okay. All right. Um uh, beef is not. Beef is pretty no, low, which beef is super inefficient. Yes. Like there's, there's there's been studies that done that said if the entire world became vegetarian, there would be no like famine, no world hunger, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. Like, I know, but they're raising also... cattle, and for meat, is just so inefficient use of the land. Having said that, I, I'm going to eat a burger every day. As I was going to say, day. if the cows went away, the burgers go away. Yeah, there's no way I'm <laughs> buying a goddamn quinoa burger. I live in America. I can eat a burger. I'm going to eat a burger. My 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 forefathers, my ancestors died, so I could eat a burger every day and die of colon cancer. So, okay. Eat it. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a hint, and this is going to give it to you, okay? And I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up in a little pop culture bundle. Okay. Uh, not not bundle. I'm gonna wrap it up with some pop culture wrapping, some, some wrapping paper, some pretty bow of pop culture and profundication. The botanist in the movie The Martian got it correct. Oh God! All I remember is he used human feces to grow his crops. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm focusing had, on the wrong thing. He had one crop to grow. Yeah, yeah. Potatoes. You, yes, potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. Potatoes are the most efficient food source. So most most calories per acre. You ever eat a raw potato? Just put some salt on it. Oh God. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> all you right. Also, you also eat an orange like an apple, peel and all. Delicious. Lemons too. <laughs> Can't do it. I just can't can't bring uh-huh. myself to do it. Um, you ever want to be a cheap source of entertainment for a table at a restaurant? <laughs> eat the eat the citrus fruit out of people's drinks. That'll that'll get you. You you'll get some attention there. Nah. I learned that as a teenager, and I just stuck with it for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm good. All right, hit me with your trivia question. Okay, what literary character has been depicted on screen, like TV and movies, the most? That's it. <sighs> Okay. Classic literary character has been depicted the most in movies and TV. I'm going to take a stab. Yeah. And it's going to be my first guess. Okay. So don't give it to me if I'm wrong so I can get some clues. I'm going to say Ebenezer Scrooge. You're wrong. No. Oh. Oh. I'm sure that's up there, but it's actually not on the list I, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at. Literary classic. Huh. Yeah, sorry, Ebenezer's not even like three. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge has been represented. Okay, what's the question? What literary classic has been represented on screen? On, on TV or movies, yeah. The most on screen. I can't believe it's not Ebenezer Scrooge. I can't believe yeah. he's not. What I tell you, you're going to kick yourself. It's kind of, there's kind of, it's kind of two answers, although t- technically there's like one definite answer, but it's divided in such a way. I'll say this, okay. The Grammy Pro. 
<laughs> well, that's not a specific literary character, like an actual character that one author came up with. I'm pretty so, sure an author came up with the Grim Reaper. He was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> that's true. And Scrooged, sort of, you know. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. With an Ebenezer Scrooge. Christmas type. Christmas Carol's the ghost of Christmas yet to come is always like a Grim Reaper type of character, right? Right. But no, it's not Grim Reaper. Um so it's divided? I don't know. I'm Well they can say, now. okay, one of them is human and one of them's not. It's still they're still both fictional characters, but one is like a human character, one's not. Jekyll and Hyde? You're getting closer, think eighteen hundreds Victorian type of for both of them really. You know? Yeah, I think for both of them. Phantom of the Opera? That's, no. I, 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 that would be no way. And that no, I don't know. I don't know. That's a play. <sighs> Think of it this way. This character spawned an entire genre of movie, at least. A uh, movie and TV, really. Like, this one character. So you're, you're, like, right on top of it. Dracula. Yes. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Dracula is the non-human character that's appeared most in any work. Sherlock Holmes is the human character that's appeared most. I mean, Sherlock I, I Holmes edged out Hamlet, which surprised me. Like, Hamlet's number three. I'm shocked shocked that Ebenezer Scrooge isn't up there. I'm sure if you made like a top 100 list, it'd be like top 10 easy. But yeah, Dracula is over and over and over and over. I mean, from everything from movies to like freaking Three Stooges and crap like that, you can't avoid it. I mean, anything that has vampires in it, it's going to throw Dracula up eventually. Mm-hmm. Like Blade, the Blade trilogy movie. The third one had Dracula who wasn't Dracula, you know. Yeah. Vampire Slayer had Dracula in it. I mean, Dracula is just going to... And you know why? Public domain. <laughs> no, nobody has to pay <laughs> right. for him. Yeah. Just like Sherlock Holmes. Nobody has to pay for him. He's going to show up in everything. That's true. That's true. Um, hmm. That's an interesting question. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm so far batting zero. I think I've gotten one so far, so I'm not doing too much better. You got the first one. I got the first one. I think that was it. Olympus Mons. Olympus Mons. Not as, as opposed to Venus Mons, which is a much better mountain. Look it up. Well, I'm just thinking of uh, Banana Bananarama, Venus, and <laughs> their mounds. It's very related. Well, they have Mons. Mm. Big 80s it's, Sometimes mons. you feel like a nut, and sometimes you don't. It's pretty close. Oh, damn it. That would be a good catchphrase to close out with. <laughs> sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. This is Bob Scully signing off. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll say goodbye. And uh, until next time, what's going to be our topic next week? You want to topic next time? Let's see. I don't know. We'll have to discuss it. We'll discuss it. Sorry. Right. It'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. Until next time, this is Tom with them saying, sometimes you feel like a Jablonski. <laughs> and this is Steve Powell saying, sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> No, you always do. You You always always do. do. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. All right. See you later. See you.